Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly in Youngsville, Louisiana, where it's our vision to be a place to meet with God. We pray that you will find this message to be both encouraging and empowering as we go deeper into the Word of God through Spirit-empowered, life-giving, Christ-centered ministry. For more information about First Assembly or to catch up on previous messages, you can visit our website at firstassembly.place. I believe that God has a message for today. And uh, come on, how many of you can believe that God has a message for today? Come on, how many of you know that Jesus is the message for today? Uh, Turn with me in your Bibles. We're going to be in the book of John. Uh, And I picked John for a specific reason. Um, One is, is that, do y'all realize that the Christmas story is not in the book of John? Come on, but how many of you know that the Christmas story is not just the story of Jesus? Come on, the Christmas story is your story. Come on, the Christmas story is your story. The Christmas story is the Christian story. Come on, I believe that God wants to stir up some things this season. You know, we're expecting great things in 2019. As a matter of fact, uh, just real quickly, uh, the first full week uh, is January 6th through 12th. Uh, we're going to have a 24-7 for seven days, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The sanctuary is going to be open for prayer and intercession. And every night at 7 p.m., we're going to meet right here corporately together we're going to have a time of worship and i just lined up some some speakers right i'm sorry i don't want to insult these guys by calling them speakers come on i want some proclaimers there's some men of god who are going to declare from the heavenlies who are going to prophesy into 2019 a year of overcoming i'm believing that god's going to bring a revival of repentance into this land and hearts are going to be changed and transformed by the gospel message of jesus christ Come on, there's, there's rampant, there's rampant uh, just evil in this world. And I believe that the only way we can break through that is through the love of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Everybody's in the book of John? Anybody, is anybody in the book of John? You say amen if you're there. Amen. Come on, you gotta, we're going to preach this morning. Is that okay? Don't worry, I got the lids on the top of the communion. So, you know, uh, this projectile stuff is, is, is not going to affect the communion, right? Ah, that's gross, man. That is just gross. Amen. The Christmas story is your story. So, so I'm looking at the book of John for a specific reason. I believe that, that the book of Matthew is incredible. And many of the Christmas story, the Christmas narratives that you read are out of the two books. The book of Matthew and the book of Luke. And uh, the book of Matthew, actually, if you read the very first chapter, it starts with the genealogy of Jesus Christ that goes all the way back to Abraham. And the reason that is is because the Matthew, Matthew is the book the gospel written for the Jews. And they had an understanding that Abraham is their father. And Matthew was trying to, to uh, convince these Jewish uh, people that, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior of the Jews. Amen. And then you look at the book of Luke. It has that Christmas story. And it has that se- a genealogy very similar. But it goes all the way back to who? To Adam. Why? Because Luke is, is a gospel more, more for the Gentile world. It's more of a historical account. So Luke says, I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning of mankind because Jesus is not just the Savior of the Jews. How many of you know that Jesus is the Savior of the world? And he came back, he's the Savior of humanity. He's the Savior of each and every one of us. Mark bypasses the entire Christmas narrative. And he begins his gospel at, the book, at, at John the Baptist. He begins because John came as the man, the voice of one crying from the wilderness. Amen. That prophetic voice that's ushering in the light of the world, Jesus Christ. Mark, as we we had a little short series that I'm going to pick up again soon, 
is Mark is the gospel uncensored, right? It's the gospel. It's the business businessman's gospel. It's the gospel that that just really cuts to the quick, gets to the point. You need Jesus. I need Jesus. This world needs Jesus. Amen. But John is an incredible, incredible gospel. It's actually one of my favorite books as far as uh, being able to witness to the lost. Why? Because it starts with the very beginning of everything. It starts with God. You see, the reality is, is that Christmas is not the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. Okay? I'll just throw that out there. Just let that sink in. Christmas is not about the birth of Jesus. Okay? No, th- no stones coming my way yet. You see, in the book of John, let's, let's go right here. It says, John 1, 1, very simple. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. You see, Jesus wasn't born in a manger. How many of you know Jesus is eternal? He was with God in eternity. Come on, this, the Christmas story is not just the story of the birth of Jesus. It's about Jesus, God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, coming into this earth for the salvation of mankind. He wanted to reestablish his family on this earth. So I, I was talking to someone just the other day, and, and we were talking about how, how we have to as family, many times when there's brokenness, when there's shame, when there's guilt. Come on, how many of us have, have ever experienced that in family? Every single one of us, right? Things in family, I would mentioned it just a few minutes ago. Not everything is always perfect in family, right? I've got brothers, I've got sisters. Me and my sister used to fight like cats and dogs, right? But how many of you recognize that there, at, at certain points, somebody has to swallow the pride. Someone has to say, I'm going to lower myself and I'm going to go make restitution with that family member. Come on, that's what Christmas is really all about, isn't it? When God looked down upon the condition of man and he saw that men were evil, their hearts were vile, and everything about them was wickedness, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, into this world, not to condemn it, but that we should all have life and that we should have that life more abundantly. You see, Christmas isn't just the story of Jesus, it's the story of you, it's the story of me. See, Christmas is about the birth of something. I want you to know that it's God incarnate, but it's the birth of something new. That there was a new paradigm in, in the entire kingdom of heaven. There's, it was a paradigm shift. You see, I, I was reading the other day, Jesus taught many parables. And he, and he talked about uh, the parable of the wineskins. Many of you are familiar with that parable. And he says that you can't take, you can't take new wine and pour it into old wineskins, because if you do, then, then, then the old wineskins will burst, what, and they will both be lost, right? The old wineskin and the new wineskin. He said, but you've got to take new wine and pour it into what? New wineskins. And I believe that that's exactly what the Christmas story is about. It's about taking something new. It's about taking this gospel of grace. It's about taking this gospel of mercy. It's about taking Jesus Christ and not trying to pour that grace and mercy into into that old system. He's not trying to pour his grace into your sin, right? He's saying, I want to make you new and pour your grace into a new you, not the old you. Come on, just to tell you a quick story, I remember probably uh, 20 or so, man, I'm getting older, 20 or so years ago, uh, actually longer than that, growing up in a family that wasn't necessarily perfect. But it's, a, it's like almost 30 something years ago. Golly. Huh? Yeah, I know. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say that I'm going to be 40 in like a month, and that's really hard on me. It's not really. I'm just kidding. 
It's fun to say, though. I pick it myself. Nobody else will do it, so I'll do it. So, but anyway, I grew up in a family that wasn't necessarily perfect. As many of you have grown up in families that weren't necessarily perfect, right? I mean, we all have those families that have struggled through the, just through the devastations of divorce. And we had the, and, and, and families that have the devastation of alcoholism and adultery and, and, and all kinds of things, right? You know, but many times we try to mock the, the family of faith after our old family, right? Jesus didn't come to restore necessarily our old system. He's not just trying to, to, to fix the old, although he can. He wants to do something entirely new. You know, Jesus said it even whenever he was sitting with his disciples in a room. And he said they, they, they were all crowded around him learning from the one who wrote the Bible. And, and he was saying, Jesus, your mother and your brothers are outside. You know, he's like, hey. Who are my mothers? Who are my brothers? He said, you are my mother. You are my brothers. We're all together family. You know, I remember coming from that, that home that was not necessarily perfect. I want you to know, now my, me and my parents have a great relationship. You know, we talk. My brothers, everything's good now. Come on, thank you, Jesus. But I remember coming into the church and, and, and having that lost, that broken sense of family and not truly understanding family. And I remember there was a phrase that really kind of caught me off guard. And we kind of lost that today. And I'm a little sad about it. As, as everybody started calling me Brother Joe. And everybody was Brother This or Brother That, right? Brother Lynn, Brother David, right? Y'all remember that? Does anybody else miss that? Come on, I think it was in, incredibly important because it reminded us every time we saw one another that we were bound as a family in Jesus Christ. Come on, that's, a, that's incredibly important. It began to show me during that time that, that family, whenever we talk about the family of Christ, it wasn't relating it necessarily to my, my past broken home, but it's, re it's relating it to a new home where people love one another, where people treat each other with respect, where people sh bear their burdens with one another, where we share with one another. Come on, if you look in the book of Acts, it was, incredibly, uh, it was, it was an incredibly volatile time, the early church. Why? Because people began to live with one another and interact with one another. People that they've never interacted with or lived with before. But through Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit, God began to do things new on this earth. The Christmas story isn't just about the birth of Jesus. It's about our new birth. If you look just at John 3.3. 3, John 3.3 3 says this. Jesus was asked. So he said... Well, let's go to verse 2. John 3, 2 says, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to read that again. He says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Of heaven. Come on, how many of us have the opportunity to get to decide what family we're born into the first time? Come on, did anybody, any of you decide to be born into a, a white family, a black family, a, a, a Spanish family, or what side of the tracks you were born in? Come on, how many of you got to pick the, the rich family or the poor family? Or I mean, I would have picked Hawaii or something like that. Come on, but you're born into the family that you're born into in the flesh. You see, Jesus came that we can be born into a new family. He says that we need to be born again, which is another term you don't hear so often anymore. Come on, how many of you know you need more than just a, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Come on, I agree you need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but through that, you need to be 
Born again, he says. That's the terminology that he uses. If you think about just the, the, the physical birth, what that looks like. You have, there's no life. Then you have life that's in the womb. And then you have new life, right? When you're born that first time, there's no denying it. When you can't deny the existence of someone. Jesus is using that type of, that type of imagery. He says, you need to be born again. Come on, I remember when I gave my heart to Jesus and I was born again. I want you to know that everything changed. All those old wineskins of my past life, all that legalism, all that religiosity was gone. And I was born into a new reality, into a new paradigm where I lived an overcoming life. Come on, I left all that sin, shame, and anxiety in my past. And I came into a new place of peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, gentleness. Self-control, come on, the fruit of the Spirit began to live and dwell within me. Why? Because I was born again into a new family. See, Jesus was born into an earthly family in order that we can be born into a heavenly family. Come on, Jesus came from a heavenly position and, and went to this earth as a, into a lowly manger. Why? So that way we can... Accept that new reality and be born into a heavenly place. Come on, we live in this earth, but I want you to know this earth is not our home. It says that we're aliens and sojourners. I really appreciate Karen and Troy and Luke and Levi just sharing that story about, about the wise men. Come on, how many of you know that the wise men were wise? Not because, not because uh, they didn't give because they were wise. They were wise because they gave. Come on, I want you to think about that. They, they weren't... They didn't come, they, 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 weren't, they didn't come and see the, the Savior because they were wise. It's because they came and seen the Savior which made them wise. Come on, had they not come to Jesus, nobody would be reading about them in the scriptures. Come on, that's what makes the difference in, in our lives is when we come to the Savior Jesus and we're born again into a new family, not of the flesh, but of the spirit. See, the Christmas story is not the story about Jesus, it's the story about you. It's the story about me. We're not born into the flesh, but born of the Spirit. You know, I love my church family. You know, I, I, I'm not trying. I love my, my fleshly family. I love my worldly family. When I long for the day and I pray for them solemnly each and every day that they'd all come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Why? Because I love them so much that I want to spend eternity with my family. But I love my spiritual family oh so much more. Because I was just kind of born into my physical family. I didn't get to pick them no more than they got to pick me. You know, they, they have to just live with all my imperfections. But I want you to know I love my spiritual family because I make that decision each and every day. To come and dwell amongst you. Right? As a, my spiritual family. Come on, each and every one of you are my brothers and my sisters. When it may be old-fashioned, it may be a little bit, you know, kind of hokey. But I want you to know, Brother John, Sister Alicia, that you're my brothers and sisters, every single one of you. Why, we're, we're in this together. Well, God has purposed us in His heart to reach the lost. Why? Not because we're trying to be right, or not just because we're trying to be popular, not because we're just trying to grow the church. I want you to know, God wants to touch people because He loves them. He cherishes them. He wants to transform them. What? Into the image. It says it. Let me go there real quick. Romans 8, 28. Uh, 
you know, I remember that verse, and I'm just kind of using it because uh, it says, For we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. It says, For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Why? That we might be the firstborn among many brethren. You know, the, the Christmas story is about conforming into the image of Jesus Christ. Why? That we can all be part of His heavenly family. Brothers and sisters. Living life together. Enjoying the peace of this earth. You know, family is such a, is a, is such a, unique, uh, it's such a unique institution. In fact, God, if the family was the very first thing that God instituted on this earth. I'll never forget I mean, many marriages that I go to. It, it, they tell the story about creation. You know, God created the heavens and the earth and the animals and the land and the sea and the sun and the stars, right? And then and they say, God said all those things were good. And then he created man. And then he said, it's not good that man should live alone. So he created him a helper, right? A wife who was a woman that's female. And he instituted the family as, as an institution, why? To carry the seed of God, to carry the seed of Jesus. To, he pre-instituted the family to be what is going to deliver Jesus Christ into this earth. You realize that Jesus came and he was born not into the temple, not into, uh, he was born into a family. Because the family is the safest place for the Savior to come. And I believe that it's in the family that God wants to institute His gospel into all the land. Come on, it's important that we come together to church. Look, come to church. But it's also important that we talk about these things at our homes. That men, that it is your heavenly duty to share the gospel and encourage your kids to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. All the women said, Amen. All the men say, Amen. <laughs> but the family is, is such a unique thing. The family serves one another. The family loves one another. Family cries with one another. We celebrate with one another. Come on, we get mad at each other. Come on, how many of you have ever got mad at people in church? It's okay. It's okay, I get mad too. That doesn't mean I run away. It just means that I just have to learn to work with that. Right? We have to, because the family forgives one another. Because what binds us together is so much stronger, right, than our emotional condition. Well, we're family because God made us this way. Jesus came to this earth and died on a sinner's cross. That way we can be part of his family in eternity. Family celebrates with one another. Is it okay if I just stir up your faith a little bit? Brother Rex, I didn't ask if you would give me permission to do this. But is it okay if I just share just a little bit about... So Brother Rex here just the other day, he was going to have some back surgery and they were doing some some x-rays and all this other stuff, right? And I want you to know that they found some blockages in his heart, right? So they said, look, before we can do any of the surgery, we're going to have to go do a, an angiogram, and, and uh, I guess that's what they call that. And they're going to have to go find this black blockage. Probably going to take a couple stents. You're going to be okay, right? So how many of you realize that's okay? Man, God's good. He showed us some things that we didn't see before. But I believe that God is the healer. Come on, we come together in prayer. We come together by faith. It says that, that if there's any sick among you, to call together the elders and that, that you should anoint them with oil, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Come on, we believe that. We come together in prayer with Brother Rex. So he goes and has his angiogram. And I want you to know the doctor said there was no blockage in Jesus' name. 
Come on, is God good? Come on, that's what family does. We pray with one another. We believe with one another. We support one another. We celebrate with one another. See, it's okay. Man, I love, I love people talk about the Christmas story. You see, the Christmas story in and of itself is a supernatural event. I mean, think about the supernaturalness of, of Christmas. It's like, okay, let's, let's, just, let's back up a little bit. So, so you have this incident, right? You have, you have an angel coming to, to talk to, to a virgin, okay? How many of you have ever had the angel Gabriel visit you? Right now, if you have, that's, I really want to hear that story. But... But, but, I mean, it's a supernatural thing. I mean, it's not like every day you wake up and, and an angel comes and, you know, Mary, you know, you're going to have a child and his name shall be Jesus. It's supernatural. And then you have, uh, this, she's, a, she's like, but angel, I'm a virgin. I mean, this is impossible, right? I mean, there's some things, there's some laws of physics that's going to have to be broken here. Come on, don't you know that Jesus, that God is willing to break the very laws that he created to reach you and he has done that? Come on, he, he ain't worried about this don't make sense, right? He broke that at that moment. Because you know what? The virgin can't get pregnant. I mean, I know it's a complicated issue. It's not complicated. Kids, ask your parents. Listen, my point is, is that it take, took the supernatural, even for, for an angel to go visit Joseph, right? Because how many of you men, man, it's like, hey, you find out your wife's pregnant, right? And you're not married really yet. I mean, it's kind of betrothed. Angel says, Joseph, it's okay. It's okay. And, and, they, and they, they come together. It's supernatural. How many of you realize that, that Mary, she goes and visits her cousin, Elizabeth, there. And, and, and John the Baptist, he wasn't the Baptist yet. But he became the Baptist at that moment because he was baptized with the Holy Ghost. It says, even from the womb that John was baptized. He said, he started cutting flips at his mama. He's excited. Why? Because the Savior has come. Well, and what happened? John is, he is his per- pushed into his purpose. Come on, I'm hoping that somebody today will get pushed into their purpose in Jesus Christ. Come on, you need to be stirred up this morning. Come on, it's Christmas. I want you to know that Jesus came for your salvation. Jesus, I mean, it's supernatural. It's a supernatural event. You know, supernaturally, there's some... I mean, think about the randomness of wise men, 3, 4, 10. I don't know how many it was. But wise people from, from a foreign land just randomly come in to view a star and they come to some, some manger in the middle of Bethlehem. It makes no sense, but yet they show up bearing gifts. That means they were prepared to come. It wasn't just a random interaction. Have you prepared your hearts to meet with Jesus? It's supernatural. Jesus, he's baptized in the Jordan River. He comes up. The angel, the the heavens part. Come on. There's a voice from heaven that says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Come on. The Holy Spirit comes in the form of a dove and lights upon Jesus. He goes into the wilderness. He does amazing supernatural things. He casts out demons. He He heals the sick. He performs miracles. We're all good with watching the story in the cartoons about the miraculous, supernatural birth of Jesus Christ. But man, we start talking about the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Well, where do these conversations go? How many of you realize that it's supernatural that we can be saved and it's by the functionality of the Holy Spirit that I'm even here preaching to you today? Come on, it's supernatural. We hear testimonies of, of supernatural healings on this earth today. 
Come on, when people are miraculously delivered from addiction. I want you to know, 17 years ago, I was homeless alcoholic. Come on, God in a moment delivered me, set me free, and set me on a new path towards Him. Come on, I want you to know that because why? Because it's a supernatural gospel. The supernatural elements of Jesus being born is okay for people, but I want you to know He can still move and work today if we're willing to accept Him and what He's done. If we're willing to say, that Jesus, he was, born in a, he was born in a manger 2,000 years ago, but he was born in my heart. Come on, he became king of my heart. Come on, it's, it's Emmanuel, God with us, but it's also Emmanuel, God in us. Come on, it's, it's Jesus Christ, the eternal hope of glory. Man, just to share a little story, because the kids are in here, I want to just, just talk about some of our student ministries. You know there is no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. Come on, just, just last week, we had, we had, I think, three or four kids baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in tongues for the first time in some of our children's ministry. Come on, God wants to speak not only to his adults, but he wants to speak to our kids and through our kids. See, Christmas is a time of celebration. Jesus came to this earth. He wasn't born on Christmas Day. And it's not just a time of the year thing. I'm just letting you know, it's God incarnate. Here to dwell. Not to dwell in the physical, but to dwell in our spirits. Jesus was born in, and he was never born. He's an eternal creator. It says God is spirit. Christmas is a time that we celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ into this earth for the salvation of all of mankind. He came, that, he came to be born so that way we can be born again. I was, I've noticed it this morning on, right there on our bulletins. And I hadn't really pre- planned on sharing this specifically, but it was there on the bulletin. So I said, it fits really good. It says in the world, in, in John 1, 4, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. As His Word became has His Word come, become flesh in you? Has His Word became life in you? Jesus was born into a manger to be born in you. I believe the, the most powerful testimony of that is the body of Christ. The church. As representation of, of, of who Jesus is. Come on, how many of you realize that the only Bible that many people will ever, ever read is your testimony? And I recognize that, that many of us, like me, have come from broken homes. But I want you to know that you have family here. That we're here to pray with you, to laugh with you, to celebrate with you, to worship with you. To cry with you. Galatians 6.10 reads... It says, therefore, as we have opportunity. Well, how many of you know right now is that opportunity? Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that the Lord has made. He made today for you. He said, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. Especially. Come on, can you look at your neighbor and say, especially? Look at your other neighbor and say, especially. 
especially to those who are of the household of faith. He's talking about this household of faith. Well, Christmas is a time that we can come together and we can celebrate one another's story. When we celebrate the birth of Jesus, I love the songs. I love all that stuff. I love the gifts. I love the Christmas trees. I love all that stuff. But I believe that even more importantly, that we can do good one to another. And And I remember that when Jesus, when he was fixing to leave and he was fixing to go onto the cross, that he gathered up those who he'd called his closest, his 12, his disciples. And he said, you know, it's very important that we that we celebrate one with another, that we have this time of communion. And in the same way, I think that it's important that as we recognize today that we're part of the body of Christ, that we come together and share in the Lord's Supper and communion. That this Christmas, is that's what's embodied, is togetherness, community. So this time, I want to invite the, the Minnicks to come up and, you know, and... Um, and also the, the Henrys to come up as we just prepare for communion as a family. And ushers, I'd like to invite you to come on up as well. We hope that you found this message to be both a blessing as well as challenging. If you would like more information or to leave a comment or prayer request, please visit our website at firstassembly.place. Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly, a place to meet with God.